I felt like I kept getting threads that were unresolved and just sort of extraneous characters that seemed to have punchlines that referred to things I wasn't aware of. Like her secretary, and near the end when they're sort of working on their version of the redesign, her secretary goes, well, I guess I'm going to finally start reading Poise. Your child is an idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood, or a little later than that in this case, and see if they were any good. My name is DJ. And I am Damon. Hi. What year is this? I mean, not the year that we are currently in. Uh, <laughs> what, it is. What year is 2000? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. 2003. The answer to both of your questions is 2004. Oh, we are currently in 2004 recording a <laughs> podcast ahead of the curve on yeah. a movie that's currently out in theaters. And just to be clear, it's now 2004. George H.W. Bush was still robbed. I mean, I think we can... I mean, it's not his fault that Ronald Reagan's recession hit during his presidency. That's the thing about those Republican presidencies. It always hits the guy after you. But if the other guy after you is a Republican... Whoops. That kind of screws up the system. <laughs> Yeah, 2004. This explains why I've never seen this movie. <laughs> I thought you were in a coma in 2004. Well, it just like, you know, uh, in 2004, when, that's when I graduated college. I would have known Jennifer Garner exclusively from the bad Daredevil movie and Alias at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Mrs. Alias. Mrs. Alias. I did the watch of Alias. Mrs. Alias. The marvelous Miss Alias. Would love to review Alias for, for this program because I watched all of it. And I think now that it might have been pretty stupid. Especially knowing now what we know about J.J. Abrams. Isn't that a J.J. Abrams joint? Yeah, what did he do? Well, Star Wars. Oh, just creatively? I thought, did he do yeah. something bad? Okay. He didn't, no, he hasn't attacked any. He's just I mean, destroyed, you gotta be careful. Say it's destroyed like various that, franchises. <laughs> he hasn't done anything actually legitimately bad. He's just done things Are that you people sure? have opinions about. Well, I can't, I can't speak to that. J- now we have to look it up, J.J. Abrams controversy you're just gonna get just a lot said, of last jedi if it just takes. says yeah lens flares <laughs> no no it doesn't say that okay so is this a body swap like she makes a wish it's like big in reverse it's big it's i think it's big or it's big not in it's reverse. not a body swap in, in, except in she also normal. travels she travels through time unlike big where he just wakes up big but he's still oh, in his time frame she, like, she wakes forwards. up she fast forwards from the 80s to 2004. But she's got her old, her old 13-year-old brain in a 30-year-old body. It's a classic brain time travel movie. It's one of those. That's a, a sorry, secret. sorry, Doc Brown. We don't need your fucking car anymore. This explains, so Lauren has a lot of affection for this movie and little secret for the listening audience. She's a sucker for time travel in a movie. It's not like, <laughs> it doesn't give like a movie a, a pass or anything, but like she's into it a lot. She's a I mean, sucker for time travel. Can you explain how that manifests itself? You know how some lovers, significant others, you would buy mm-hmm. flowers for on a special occasion? Me? I go kill baby Hitler. That's what I do for her. <laughs> she's like, oh, you should have. You really should you have. should have. <laughs> it's for the greater good. But it was really awkward in that German nursery. I'll tell you that. Sorry, Austrian nursery. Thank you. Thank you. My apologies to the historians out there. Sheesh. Please stop writing in about where Hitler was born, you freaks. Hitler was actually Austrian. Hitler fact. (laughs) 
So who is the? There's got to be a love interest, right? She's 13 year old. And she's got to woo a man or oh, something. Oh yeah, right? I'm trying to. Let's try and let's instead of looking it up, let's try and brainstorm all the possibilities of what a 2004 love interest could be. I want to go with Ben McKenzie from The OC. Who is that? You can't just make up names. The guy from the OC, the, the blonde, up, the blonde guy who looked like TV he was shows. thirty-five, but would, they were claiming was seventeen on the OC. Also, who was the cutie on the OC? The the nerdy guy on the OC. That was Adam Dylan McDermott. No, false. You are a falsehood. You are Off the father by about of lies. Fifteen years. Adam Brody. Is, That's a hottie from two thousand four. Adam Brody. I'm thinking of Adrian Brody. Who's Adam Brody? Adam Brody was the other cutie from the OC. Come on. Oh, it's like okay. you weren't even around in 2004. Look, man, I was definitely not paying attention to the OC or I did or 13 going on 30. I was This makes it sound like I was like a drug yeah, addict were you, like, or like in your studies super drunk or like super invested i was neither of those i just didn't have any you just didn't see movies or tv shows <laughs> i mean i saw plenty, i but sat in my room it was empty i sat on a pile of towels which were also my bed there <laughs> yes. were no posters on the wall and i waited until it was time to go to class did you know that a futon can also act as a bed <laughs> little known fact about futons <laughs> Okay, who for real, who's in this? Let's let's find out. Okay. Is it is it really 13 going 30? Oh, it's Ruffalo. I I had Oh I thought it was like I actually did think it was Ruffalo, but I thought no, that's from a different movie. But it is this movie. Mark Ruffalo. I forgot his era of just being the sort of guy in these romantic comedies. Remember that one where Reese Witherspoon's dead and she lives in his apartment? What? Oh yeah. I think of Ghost Dad. Oh, God, no. No. Although I ha it's not the first time I've mistaken uh, Reese Witherspoon for sexual monster Bill Cosby. I don't like sexual monster because that makes it sound like it could potentially be a good thing, you know? Oh, like, right. Oh, like one of those like, weird animes monster. where yeah. there's just tentacles going into orifices. Yes. Just like heaven, Reese Witherspoon dies at the beginning of it and she haunts her old apartment, which is then later... Occupado by Mark Ruffalo. And wouldn't mm, you know it? Wouldn't you know it? They fall in love. I bet. They fall in love. Now, I don't think me and Tyler had the patience on a Saturday afternoon to get to how they fixed the, the elephant in the One room, which was that she was already dead. <laughs> oh, no. You know what it is? It's discovered she's not actually dead. DJ, come closer to the camera. She's in a coma. She's a ghost form, the antithesis of a corporeal form. Get away from the camera. Get away from the camera now and get behind your mic again. Okay, thank you. Oh, so wait, okay, so... So she's, she's you know how when you're in a coma, a transparent version of yourself comes out, but you don't have feet, you sure. just have like that wispy, smoky yeah, thing, like I'm the familiar. genie in Aladdin? I took, That's I just did science. actually take some college courses, so yes, <laughs> so I know she, that. So her ghost form goes to her apartment and just haunts the hell out of it. Mark Ruffalo's like, oh, I don't have my body. I don't have like my jacked Marvel body yet. So I'm just kind of like. I'm a guy. Cutish like guy, soft Got around the, the edges. The hair, the wavy hair. But yeah, it turns out she's in a coma and she gets out of the coma and they can be in love. And fuck. So that's nice. But we're not talking about just like heaven. I need to know more about this, but not right now. So I just want to. <laughs> Back to out. the topic. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time for 13 going on 30. 
I just want to point out that not only is this on the cast list, he's in the top six. Andy Circus is in this movie? Yes. Just there being is- a normal person? Unfortunately, not mocapped. Godzilla or Gollum don't walk he, in here. He actually plays Mark Ruffalo. He plays Caesar the chimpanzee, who is also Jennifer Garner's boss. I remember oh, this because my friend Bethany, she likes this movie, and I believe has quoted it at me in an aggressive fashion, but I remember trying to like connect with her about this movie and be like, oh my God, that guy's Gollum, and she didn't care, but... Andy Serkis plays her, I think he plays her boss, but he also is a gayman, progressive for 2004. Not progressive so much as like, ooh, this is kind of hip, huh? What if a gay guy had a job, you know? They're letting them have jobs now. They're always like cutting hair or shopping, but this one, here's a twist, he has a W-4 he filled out. Whoa. Yeah, that's interesting, huh? Love is love. Like regular people. That's wild. Just like you and me. You and me, two heterosexual men. <laughs> Talking about sports and having jobs. <laughs> Singing so. like Michael McDonald. <laughs> I have nothing. I, I, have, I like it. I like I've our interns better when we have neither of us have seen have the nothing. movie. This is also like sometimes, occasionally, listeners will get upset when this is not something from our actual childhood because we were <laughs> technically adults when this came out. I would have been. 22 i just want to say we don't care i mean we don't want to upset you but like between us we're just doing this because it's old enough that either we don't remember it at all haven't seen it at all or we need like to reflect on the difference between the memories of then and now that's really all we care about and uh lauren wanted to watch this that's really the basic steps to how we decide on making an episode this is an 18-year-old movie. <laughs> this movie can get married if it wanted to. It can vote. It can go to war. It can't rent a car yet, but give it some time and it can. I feel like this is perfectly valid. And there's plenty of youths out there who watch this, probably when they were 13 even, who were like, that's going to be me when I'm 30. I'm going to fast forward through time with my brain. <laughs> and my boss is going to be a gay guy. Let me talk about this. Okay. Before we get into actually watching the movie, Let's pretend this happened to you. So you're 13 and you fast forward to... And I'm suddenly going on 30. Suddenly it's 2012. Okay. Yeah. It was 1995. Now it's 2012. Yeah. How does that go? Tell me about your misadventures. I imagine it would go comparable to... Austin Powers, I would, you know, watch a DVD, learn about 9-11, write down the people I knew who were dead, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> lot, that happened to a lot of people. Well, you know, I would have missed out on all my grandparents' deaths. It, well, actually, 50% of my grandparents' deaths. Yeah. I would have missed out on, ugh, my senior trip to Disney World. There's a memory for you. The new millennium, excuse me, millennium. Please, I think if George, look- me and George W. Bush don't get along, but one of his great triumphs in office was declaring it the millennium. <laughs> Stupid. I would <laughs> just like commentary on your own joke as it's happening. <laughs> I would have missed out on Hanson, the Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, oh. to a lesser extent, 98 Degrees, Five. That's, that's a lot of pop culture to miss out on. It would have been weird because I was already dating Lauren. And I would have like jumped into like, you know, a couple years into a relationship. Yeah, that'd be awkward. And all of a sudden, a 30-year-old acting like I was 13. Can you imagine? 
Oh my God. Being so childish and talk, talking about all the like movies from your childhood and acting like nothing has happened in the interim. Like, God, grow the fuck up, you know? Oh, one more thing I want to say about 13 going on 30 is there is apparently a dance sequence, I think is one of the most cherished oh. parts of this movie. Are we going to learn it? one of the few things I know about this. Are we going to learn the dance? Yeah. Have mm-hmm. you not listened to our episode about Newsies and my trauma that's associated where, with learning dances <laughs> from movies? That's where I learned that you can do this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. What? You know what? We'll see. All right. We're going to watch 13 Going On 30. Watch along with us. We'll be right back. Maybe it should be your thing. We're both so bad at these commercials. But DJ, have you ever been 13 years old? (laughs) Yes. I know you've been 30, but I wasn't sure if you had ever been 13 years old. I've been both. Nowadays, of course, you're meeting with heads of state, diplomats, you know, yep. spreading your money far and wide, going to the fanciest Many restaurants. important business meetings. Going to shittier restaurants, but you call it slumming now. But when you were 13, <laughs> you didn't have a lot of money, but you were probably really passionate. was like going to a five-star oh, yeah. Michelin star restaurant. Well, yeah, mom and dad were paying for that as well. Now, true, true. Now, when you're 13, you don't have a lot of money. But you're also really passionate. The world hasn't crushed your spirits yet. And so you want to support things you love. For example, perhaps, watch this. Watch this transition. You ready? Yeah. Perhaps a podcast you love. Okay. Perhaps you wanted to go to patreon.com slash. Now I'm 13, meaning it's 1996. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. And I just want you to write everything I'm saying down. Okay. And then I want you to look at it when you're 30. Okay. Got it. So if you wanted to support a podcast and you have the budget of a 13-year-old, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash idiot or simply idiot.com And, you know, you can donate a dollar or $5, whatever fits your 13-year-old budget or 30-year-old budget. Just undercutting my own premise of the already kind of loosey, shaggy premise of this commercial, undercutting it by mentioning the 30-year-old budget. But I thought it was great. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, you know. Bye. <laughs> so I'm thinking just, just going out of the room. there, maybe going down to the website, uh, going down the ladder to the website where we keep it, you know, donating there and stuff. Uh, got a gay Andy Circus down there, maybe. Youthful and we are Mark back. Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> we we watched 13. <laughs> Good luck, friends. Finding a commercial in that. We are back. We watched 13 going on 30 for some reason. <laughs> well, people love it. People do love it. People do love it. Do we? Let's find out. Ooh, First teaser for the end of the podcast. Don't skip ahead. This. Yeah, I'm going to recap this because it's a pretty simple premise. 13-year-old Jenna Rink having a rough time. <laughs> oh, me. it hit you. Hitting in the heart. <laughs> That sounds like I got really emotional, but... Have a real time, Jenna. You stay strong. Not figured out how to drink liquids in all the years I've been on Earth. 13-year-old Jenna Rink is like, hey, I'd rather be 30, flirty, and thriving. Now that's interesting. What is she at the present? She's 13. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Continue. 13 going on... Well, actually, she's... 12 going on 13 and then has her 13th birthday. A lot so of more nuance going on 13 than in the title. Going on okay. 30. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's wish that had been disclosed to us in the title, but you know, I can't hold it against Columbia Pictures. 
this I many years later. I feel like they have, you know, correct course corrected in the years since. Go ahead. So through the power of some magic pixie dust, she fast forwards to when she's 30, flirty and thriving. Mm-hmm. And she's a successful magazine editor for Poise Magazine, which is a magazine that's Pose or Poise? Poise. It's which Poise. she was one the one that she was reading when she was a 13-year-old. She finds out, oh, maybe she's Maybe it's not so great to be the person that she became. Maybe she needs to be 30 and concerned Is concerned the opposite of flirty? Responsibility. concerned is the opposite of flirty. Well, we'll talk about and that. And responsibility is the opposite of thriving? Is that correct? You can't thrive and also opposite. be responsible? Okay. I'm not saying she has All to right. be opposite. She has a career that she loves. You're and right. That is something I brought... Yeah, you brought your baggage to this (laughs) recap. And so she learned some things about herself and the kind of person that she wants to be. Mm -hmm. And then through some additional magic uh, fairy dust, she transported back to being age 13. She realizes that the man who is going to grow up into Mark Ruffalo might be good to uh, go ahead and lock that down. Yeah, you want to go ahead. If you didn't know he was going to look like Mark Ruffalo then, so just go ahead and nab him now. And then uh, they live happily ever after. And I guess she can change the future. We don't really know how the time travel works in this universe. I assume that this is a paradox. Well, obviously, if she's with him, yeah, she's changed the future, right? She's pulled an Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. We do, like, fast forward. There's an epilogue. I completely forgot the epilogue where (laughs) they get married and they spend, they live happily ever after. They spend eternity You can tell they live happily ever after because they're moving into their house and they put their couch on the lawn and then sit down on it and sigh relaxedly. And take a break maybe 10 minutes into it. Had to have been maybe 10, 15 minutes. You carried the box into the halfway down the yard. Just take it into the house. That's where it goes. There could be dew in the yard. Yeah, it's a mess. Are those your porch things <laughs> put them where they go mark ruffalo's character whose name i don't remember matt matt uh, matt maddie flamhammer flamhalf flamhalf is his name that's basically it uh, i mean i feel like you got a lot a of large big situation large chunks of it in there yeah it's not big so much as jumping forward into her own life later well, what happens in Big? He goes back to his youth. He's just big, but it's in the present time. Oh, right. He gets bigified and he does, yeah. with no time travel. He did not yeah. opt for time travel when he signed his contract. Jenna Garner, being a wise woman, said, you know what? If it's just a small amount monthly, you know, I'll just go ahead and get the time travel with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it depends on what plan you can play, pay for yeah. at the time. Yeah. She went for the gold, not platinum, which involves, I don't know, shooting through space and time, perhaps. (laughs) You up in age, you're in a different era and you're on a different planet, which seems like too many things to have to like sort of grapple with. A new atmosphere and being, you know, in your new adult body and it's a different time period. It's too much. So this movie thinks that flirty means that she sleeps around. I guess, right? Yes, she... Is that your definition of flirty? I mean, I don't know how else, for this movie's sake, I would, like, display that, but that seems like, I don't... That's not what I think flirty is. I don't think she is. I guess she is. She does wish to be 30... Oh, this is tough. 30, flirty, and thriving. But uh, she also is a terrible person. I don't think it was condemning... uh, But, uh, yeah, I guess she is sort of... uh, She's having an affair with a co-worker's husband... 
who's yeah. substan and I DJ, I feel like the record shows that I am a very deep person, not shallow oh, in yeah. any way. Yeah. I always look at the inner beauty of Whenever people. people ask me about Damon, they're like, mm-hmm. give me one word to describe a Damon. And I say, substantive. Mm, interesting. <laughs> Thank you. And I mm-hmm. agree wholeheartedly yeah. that that yeah. is what I am, substantive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like saying that word because I'm very good at it. Substantive. We're both excelling at saying substantive because <laughs> it doesn't have a weird collection of consonants. Just I'm right not at constantly the end. shocked when I don't get it wrong. <laughs> for sure. Anyway, sorry. The man she's having an affair with, a co-worker's husband who is substantially less attractive than her. Her boyfriend. 2000s yeah. era beefcake. He's a hockey C- player. CW hot guy. Yeah, he's a hockey player. He's very Saint- narcissistic. Wait. Yeah, but I guess in a he's a pretty ner- dumb, fun way. He doesn't seem. He seems fine. This movie is weird because <laughs> yes. it felt like it's several. It feels like a movie that it was heavily edited down to the version we saw. How about that? Because I, I started feeling, I felt like I kept getting threads that were unresolved and just sort of extraneous characters that seemed to have punchlines that referred to things I wasn't aware of. Like her secretary and near the end when they're sort of working on yeah. their version of the redesign, her secretary goes, well, I guess I'm going to finally start reading Poise. And I thought, why wouldn't you be reading Poise? Is there a reason you wouldn't be reading the magazine you work for? And then there was a weird beat. They, yeah, her and that other lady that was yeah. with them too was just like, who's that? And why do we have this like this triumvirate suddenly yeah. of these three women? The Those secretary at least was a little bit more defined, but the third woman, I'm not even sure if she had a name. She was just sort of there and got a few lines in the movie, but she started becoming part of this threesome, but we, I don't think we ever got formally introduced to her. I don't think so, unless she was the person that she was cheating on. Oh, God, I hope it was not. The Jane from Artwork or whatever. The movie's not interested in, <laughs> yeah. in Don't worry confirming about that, making that clear. The other thing that I thought was weird, and this just might be me reading too much into things, possible, but her boyfriend, Sven, he I has a weird moment where he like says hi to Judy Greer outside a yeah. restaurant. And he's like, they get a specific shot of him saying hi to her. And I was convinced since Judy Greer was like pretty much just Mephistopheles in this movie, yeah. I was convinced she was going to be having an affair with her boyfriend, but that never really... In fact, the boyfriend almost completely disappears in the latter half of the movie entirely, right? Yeah, yeah. It's weird to include him uh, since he just doesn't... It's almost like they didn't make him evil enough that they could like have her cheat on him without any issues, so they just sort of abandoned him halfway through the movie and just hope that we forgot about him. I feel like Just the same thing they with, broke up, I guess. Right. I felt the same way about Mark Ruffalo's girlfriend, where I thought the movie was going to go high Beyonce. arch, arch rom-com and just make her like a complete like, you know, villain. But she's pretty She's nice. just like a completely understandable woman who wants to move to Chicago to further her career. And she's just also sort of just, well, she doesn't disappear because she's getting married to Mark Ruffalo at the end of the movie. But I mean, Jennifer Garner does try and fuck her fiance or kiss i I should say make out with i don't she does she's not trying to do that (laughs) yeah i don't know what they were going for i mean i know what they were going for it was going for like don't worry about it that's what they were going for. yeah that's true and i being myself was worried about it where is everyone i wouldn't say one thing in the beginning you know we get jenna when she's young yeah and she's 13 and the little girl they got to play young judy greer yeah Spot on. Some really good. Absolutely, yeah. 
young casting. And then a uh, little little baby uh, Brie Larson is in her group, the Sixes or what are they oh, called? Oh yeah, the, I saw I saw that on the internet, but I didn't see it with my eyes. The Philadelphia 76ers. What are they called? What is the, the Six. They're called The, the six. six. Probably the, the least, six. Isn't that a show on like the Fox least News click or something? name maybe. I wouldn't be the person to ask. I can get my mom on the line though if you want me to check on the six uh, chicks. Fox's That's prime what it is. time lineup. The I six chicks? Up. Yeah. Six chicks. Jennifer Garner's, ca- or I guess I should say Jenna, young Jenna, wants to... See, I was also a little bit confused about this. So the, the beginning of the, sh- the first bit of the movie is in the 80s. It's Jenna's 13th birthday. She's going to have yeah. a birthday party. Her next door best friend slash nice guy... Proto Mark Ruffalo comes over with a dollhouse that he built for her, a dream house that he built for her. Tyler was very concerned because the outside was really well done and the inside was shit. He's like, why did she... I Why did he, he focus rebuilt. so much on the exterior? I think he took like an existing dream house, like a Barbie dream house or something. Did it? Yeah. yeah, that's the impression I got. Which is but worse. he he brings that <laughs> he sprinkles this. Well, what did it? The wishing dust, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah, he sprinkles wishing dust on it so she can wish for her future life. A normal thing that human beings do. Also, like, where did that? Like, you could have given me like one little bit about where that came from. Like, he got it from a weird store. He got it from like Spencer's gift and the guy behind the counter right. at Spencer's like, you're not ready for this bucko or something. I guess this actually, actually now- holds all the magic of the, there's an infinity <laughs> stone in this wishing dust. So I can't just give it out to anyone. Now that I say it, if I were the director and I had filmed that, I would have cut it. So never mind. <laughs> That's stupid. It is weird. I feel like if they had just like made it so that she somehow wished and like without any wishing yeah, dust. Right. It I would have been fine with that. The wishing dust made me just ask more questions like, wait, I feel like we need to find out where he got this stuff. Yeah. But then, so she invites Tom Tom, who is later grows up to be Judy Greer, who is like the leader of the six. Yeah. Red Heather, if we were putting this in Heather's language. And she comes to the birthday party, even though she doesn't seem to like Jenna very much, but she comes with the pretense that she's picking up a book report that jenna did for her like did her own homework and then they like she tricks her into doing seven minutes in heaven with this boy and she's like he's right behind you go into this closet and she locks her in the closet and, and then leave, takes the report cold as ice it is cold as ice and i was like she's gonna give you the snacks. report anyway she they did take the, the snacks. snacks but i was like then the movie like cuts to the 30 year old portion and she and this girl are best and we friends. never find out what happened to the snacks <laughs> we never find out what happened to the snacks. But I also, again, this was another editing thing where I was like, why would they become friends after this moment? <laughs> There's no reason that they would become friends. Like, it doesn't seem like Jenna, or it doesn't seem like Lucy wants to become friends, Judy Greer's character. And it seems like Jenna's been completely humiliated by her. Why would this progress this way? And I know that like actual relationships could actually work this way. But again, it felt like it only raised more questions as to why this would happen. Like, I feel like they could have taken a different tact of like, instead of making her an out and out bully, just make her like a bad influence. But she's actually genuinely wants to be friends with jenna and then right. i wouldn't be like what the fuck why are you hanging out with this toxic woman yeah and she immediately disrespects the talking heads when she comes into the party which isn't winning any points with me i'll tell you that much oh yeah she hates That's what it. maddie's listening to and dancing really 
Really stupid. There was a little bit of, I mean, whatever the opposite of Manic Pixie Dream Girl is, the male version of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, where he listens to all the right bands. And I'm like, okay, he's also 13. Like, get out of here. He listens to, to all the bands that the, from the 80s that, you know, anyone worth their salt could still, like, you know, hold up as, like, a cool band from the 80s. He doesn't have any embarrassing, you know, musical tastes. It was a little bit too, okay, movie. I get it. He's got all the perfect tastes. What do you think of the music? The needle drops in this? <laughs> there were a lot, I feel like. Mm. Or maybe I've just projected that onto the movie. Were there a lot of music drops? I don't think the there were. Thriller like, was a bit. Yeah, well, the, it's a theme. You know, Thriller, they do. So they right. do the. She's. They show her learning the Thriller dance, which, you know, through no fault of the movies is problematic but like they you know it's a very 80s thing to have learned that right that is true i mean i knew i didn't learn it growing up but i knew people who did and i think even so she'd be older than us by you know what like 10 uh, almost 10 years or something do we know what year it is when she it's it's 1987 because the movie is 2004 and takes place in 2004 i mean she would be like six or seven years older than me at least yeah so i think especially someone who is you know a a teenager or preteen when Thriller came out, would have been ripe for learning the dance. I mean, I'm not faulting her for Michael Jackson's crimes. No, no, <laughs> no. Wanna... No, I'm just saying, you asked about Thriller, and so I'm talking no, about right. it. And they learn the dance, and then it becomes a plot point later, because when she's 30, they're having this poise party that's dead, and, you know, Gay Andy Circus is, is like, hey, help, I don't know, do something for some reason, I'm coming to you with this. And then she to her gets credit, out there she and does starts, something. She does do something, which is she starts doing a thriller dance and everybody comes in and it's, I don't know, it's pretty, pretty charming. I felt like it was, it definitely wanted me to think it was charming. And it wasn't like completely off-putting, but I was like, why is this happening so early in the movie? It felt like a act yeah. two moment, but it was an, instead an act one moment where she's just like, I know what I'll do. I will do a thriller dance and everyone's going to stand around being like, what's going on? And then she makes Mark Ruffalo dance with her because she's immediately reconnects with him when she gets to uh, the, yeah. when she jumps ages. He's her best friend. When, I, as far I know, as she knows. I'm, I'm, yeah. I know. I felt like this movie moved at a rapid pace. At one point I like paused it to go get a glass of water and I I was like, ooh, two-thirds in. Pretty nice. <laughs> Zipping along. Could they also, we were talking about the the song choice, because Rick Springfield is kind of a plot point. She Kind of. I thought that would become a bigger thing. Yeah, and she has a poster on her wall and is singing Jesse's Girl, and, and then later, it comes up later on with when Jim McGaffigan is playing the older version of the, her crush, right. which is a nice little cameo. And he's like, well, who's that guy? Rick Springsteen and she's like Springfield but that was it basically (laughs) right I like that he would also not know songs from his own youth like it's not this isn't you know who Bruce Springsteen and Jesse's girl you know those you know those things Jim Gaffigan playing this character yeah it was just a was just a little drop in. Yeah. I was surprised there wasn't more 80s stuff or more like time travel stuff. I think there is like at the beginning when she's like, what is this phone? When yeah, her cell understand. phone keeps ringing. Yeah. 
But I will say this, like Jennifer Garner does a great job of selling that she is a 13-year-old in a 30-year-old's body. She really nails the mannerisms of a 13-year-old girl looking around, spinning around, like having like a lot of weird energy, the way she like drinks and eats. And then there's a moment where she, she's at that same party where she eventually does the thriller dance and she eats a shrimp and she, you know has the tail in her hand. She just sort of throws the tail over her shoulder. And Tyler didn't like that. He said, why is she so messy? I'm like, cause she's 13. Right. I thought she was great. There was, there were scenes when she like sits down in chairs where her legs are just all curled up under her. And the scene where her boyfriend is like trying to get amorous and he starts biting her ear and she like, like uses both of her hands to like sort of like physically push his head off of hers. It's very charming. She does a great job of like embodying that weird, not only like weird sort of how a 13 year old talks, but just like the general poise and like posture of a 13 year old. It's great. Yeah. She has like the sort of like energetic aspect of it. I, the one thing that's missing is the surliness, but I think that's okay. because I, I, I think, feel like at 13, it, you could not be there yet, I feel yeah. like. Well, and it's like, it, that wouldn't be super fun for the movie. So like, it's, she like immediately is like chatting up the other teenager in the, or she comes across a, a teenager in the elevator and she, they're like about the same age or would have been when Jenna <laughs> was 13 and they just start immediately are like best friends. Like, right. I like her it's shoes. I like her. I like that. And then she teaches that girl all the pet pet. Benatar uh, choreography. Oh, yeah. Is that that song? No, that's as Lopez That song. Do you remember Love magazines? <laughs> you know, I have a vague recollection, especially those type of magazines. They had a very specific smell. Yes. Printed, uh, you know, binding glue and like perfume inserts. And I guess that's supposed to be like a Cosmo style magazine. Yeah, kind of. When they're sort of uh, spitballing like article ideas, it felt very Cosmo of like 51 ways to get your boyfriend to come or whatever. I can't remember. They didn't use the word come, but you know what I mean. Yeah. This movie's raunchy. (laughs) It gets real raunchy. (laughs) NC-17 originally. It's it's weird that like this movie is not that old. I mean, it is. It's 18 years old now, but I've got bad news. The entire... I mean, there are still magazines, but the like the idea that you'd be like a high-powered magazine editor and that that would be a thriving career is kind of like, wow, yeah, that happened kind of quick, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. I, I feel like this is at the tail end. I mean, this is the beginning of the end, I guess, for magazines. Although I will say in rom-coms in general, magazine editor has lasted a lot longer than actual magazines. <laughs> I remember seeing... And architects. Oh, we still need architects, though. <laughs> I mean, in... I guess this is actually an older movie now, but in Trainwreck, I remember she worked for a magazine and I was like, okay, this isn't a thing. Like big redesigns for magazines. This isn't buy. Yeah, I can't buy into this. I just bother me still. And maybe it's just my age and having grown up when I did. But like when people do or when movies do like, yeah, I work for a blog or I have a podcast or something like that. I'm always like, there's something like immediately cringy about it. Not because the thing exists, but I I know we're on a podcast. I'm saying- I'm saying it's we like are referencing, those it's like hearing a newscaster read a tweet. You're they're all like, <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like any of this. This seems ludicrous. I texted you, I think, that when me but and Tyler are Sorry. joking about rom-com tropes, the magazine redesign is the go-to trope. Like, oh, I'm trying to have it all, and I'm 
I'm set up for this big magazine redesign. I have to get to my editor by the end of the week. It's deranged that this movie has that. Be about it. (laughs) Judy Greer is either my best friend or my arch nemesis or possibly both. Yeah, I mean, this felt like it uh, fell into a lot of uh, those tropes. I don't know if it originated those tropes like subconsciously in me, but it is yeah. it is funny that it hits a lot of those notes. I do think this this movie, and it's indicative of a lot of her career, is a complete waste of Judy Greer. Gives her not, not much to do. She's just fine in it. Like, she doesn't, like, yeah. do a bad job, but it's like she has nothing. She's not a comedic role, so it's just like she has a couple of like, oh, what kind of things, but... <laughs> Generally speaking, it's like she has nothing to do and it's a bummer. The problem is I feel like a lot of the things that would make her character a lot of fun are sort of happen behind the scenes. We don't get to see her like really all that much be a snarling, you know, villain, which is yeah. essentially what it's she's revealed subtle, to be. Actually. Yeah. I mean, I mean we hear subtle, but. Jennifer Garner like overhears her bad mouthing her. And that's when we realize she's the villain. And from then on, like Judy Greer is still playing it straight. But I feel like there could have been a lot more where she could have sunk her teeth into it. And in fact, like she steals, we find out that pre-time jump, this is going to be confusing to talk about, but we find out that (laughs) pre-time jump Jenna, Jennifer Garner's role, PTJJ, is the one who's feeding Sparkle, which is a competing magazine, feeding Sparkle headlines. Put a pin in that because I'd like to return (laughs) to that plot point. She's feeding Sparkle's poises headlines. (laughs) Scooped us in the 11 ways to please your man category. How do they do it? We find out that she has been doing that. She is sort of one. She's also sort of a villain, which is one of the more interesting aspects of this movie is that, you know, Jenna, before she time jumps, is also kind of a bitch. Awful, yeah. And she's the one who's actually been trying to undermine the poise for a job of her own as editor-in-chief over at Sparkle. And Judy Greer finds out about it and steals the job out from under her. Put another pin in that, because that's also confusing how that would work. Actually, I'll talk about it now. So you find out about it. You find out that someone is feeding headlines, and so they're like, well, you found it out. I guess we'll have to give the job to you to now? You? Yeah. It's weird. They really need to get their shit together over there at Sparkle. They can't think of these headlines. Those are your other thing. But I guess that would have been a moment where Judy Greer could have like been more fun. And yeah. yeah, she just sort of is almost completely neutered in this role. I mean, it yeah, is it is weird. It's not like bad acting. She just is a non-entity. It's just barely a... It's I mean, she is obstacle. sort of. I mean, she's not a non-entity. She is sort of the villain of the movie. But you'd yeah. think they would pl- let her play it up more. For as silly as this movie is, like, yeah. the times when it chooses to play it straight are odd. Well, yeah. Speaking of playing it straight, how did you feel about Andy Serkis? That you know what I had not high hopes, but I I was going into it. I knew that his character was gay, so I was like a little bit. Like, oh, that's kind of interesting that this movie that is primarily probably aimed at teenagers, uh, humor-wise, would have an openly gay character in 2004. Well, he was mo-capping as a gay man. <laughs> that's true. It's seamless integration into the, <laughs> looks real. the movie. He looks like Andy Serkis. How do they do it? But he, they actually do what I should have expected, which is they try and like hedge around it without ever saying anything. Yeah. There is this weird, this is so weird. When Jenna does her presentation for what she thinks the redesign should be, 
She has Mark Ruffalo's character, who is a photographer, take all these pictures. Another pin, please, in this ridiculous presentation. Yes. Big old pin. He comes up to her and she goes, these photographs, this is great by, who who did these photographs? And she, you know, names whatever the fuck Mark Ruffalo's character's name is. And he goes, is he gay? And she goes, what? And he's like, is he gay? Or is he a friend of Martha, I think, or something was that the original thing? It was so weird. And I guess because you saw these photographs, so... you want to either have sex with or date the photographer? It felt like the origins, I always complained about this when I was single, of two gays in a room when straight girls would try and set me up with their gay friend. And I was like, yeah. do I have anything in common with them aside from the fact that we are gay? Then no, I probably don't want to hang out with him. Oh, he watches The Bachelorette? Weird, I don't. That's something we could not talk about. Go on. It's a very big thing in the, like, it's like, not necessarily homophobic, but also as a big thing that comes up with people that are that show homophobia is they're like, they're like, well, I'm not interested. And they're like, what makes you think that because <laughs> someone's gay, they're immediately right. interested in you? Do you think all women are interested in you? Oh, you do. Okay, never mind. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I see what's happened here. That was a weird moment. And then Jenna asks him, are you gay? And he just laughs. So yeah. it was a weird moment of the movie doing that 2004 dance of don't ever say anyone's actually gay. Just laugh at it. I mean, they, they had some gay jokes. They mentioned like Fire Island and stuff like that. Could have been a lot worse, I guess. No, I mean, it was hardly offensive in any way. It was just awkward and clumsy more than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Let's talk about this presentation. So oh, yeah. Ruffalo, who, by the way, is keeping it toy. Can we? Oh, yeah. Ruffalo is, looking is adorable in this. He's except. This movie is like mainlining 2004 at you. Like it's it's rough to watch. Like, you know, realizing things look dated hits you real fast. For the younger listeners who might be listening, you never know it until you just watch a movie like this and you're like, what has happened? Why were we wearing things with so many straps on them? <laughs> There's so many zippers and extraneous straps and Mark Ruffalo's pants are both <laughs> low rise and baggy. There's such a weird silhouette that just makes his torso look like three fourths of his body. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely terrible. And then like, I couldn't tell. It was a weird moment because I couldn't tell because Jennifer Garner's character is pretty much just Kimmy Schmidt with time travel involved yeah and so like kimmy schmidt she dresses a little bit like a child but i also couldn't tell i'm like is she dressing like this because she is a child or is she dressing like this because it is 2004 she had a lot of chopsticks in her hair a lot of you know chunky layers in her hair strappy tops weird motorcycle style jackets with like shortcuts so it like comes down to your just like right at your midriff Oh, it's so, and like loose cargo pants with like cinched ankles that you tie closed. What? (laughs) Now you're just mad about fashion. I mean, I'm getting to the age where I'm mad about the fashion that I fell into and I'm mad about fashion now. Yeah, yeah. Where I see kids and I'm like, I have been told for the past 20 years that what you are wearing is ugly. And it, I cannot get around to the fact that now fashion, the fashion industry is like, no, no, no. This is what you should look like now. I know I yeah. told you it was terrible, but now it's cool. Now so it's cool. get your, you know, scuffed up giant dad shoes on and big wear, you know, these giant acid washed jeans and a big sweatshirt and, you know, just a grummy baseball hat. You're the coolest guy around. I hate it. 
that's always my problem is just the effort. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to, I'm not going to do any of that. Well, now it, but it, I already missed, the, the I've look already is missed to not have thing. any effort. Normcore, normcore it up. Yeah, I guess I might accidentally, occasionally pass through, like a comet through a solar system, like pass through <laughs> being fashionable, but it's You're really a broken just clock laziness. sometimes. Yeah, exactly. You just have to wait every, a broken clock is right every, you know, 20 to 40 years. Every 76 years, like Haley's <laughs> Comet. Yeah, so the photo session, yeah. I also wanted to say, like, Sparkle's plan, I realized what I also wanted to address with Sparkle. Sparkle's plan is to just run essentially the same magazine every month as Poise. But scoop them. They get it out first. So it looks like Poise is scooping them. Or as being, you know. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Plus, if you've ever looked, like, in your grocery aisle at these still remaining magazines, it's the same fucking magazines, except for Woman's World, which has an exclusive rights to talking to Mary Lou Henner about my health. But otherwise, <laughs> it's the same, like, two magazine covers over and over again. <sighs> but it's like, it's not like they're the Post and the Times being like, right, it's scooping not, each other on. on it's not the, Watergate. It's yeah. just, you know, 50 ways to please your lover. It's an interview with J-Lo. J-Lo has new information on the Iraq war. Wait, J-Lo talked to you about the wedding planner? She was supposed to talk to us about the wedding planner. Yeah, J-Lo's on a media blitz because she's promoting the movie The Wedding Planner, <laughs> you dipshit. I guess, I mean, there is some of that, right? Like, because there will be, you know, the late night shows. It's not just, of course, you know, Paul Rudd's promoting his movie, so he's going to be on all right, of them. But like, who gets them first or I guess, you know, at the right time or whatever. I don't know. Maybe don't this know. was more of a thing Stupid. in 2004. So anyway, so they decide because Sparkle's scooping them, they need to have a redesign. Scoop by Sparkle. And Gay Gullum decides that <laughs> the gruesome twosome, Jenna and Lucy, have to, he wants Gotta them to together, come guys. up with a redesign. Yeah. And doesn't like provide any direction or really follow up except on due dates, which doesn't yeah. seem like a real like... Your job is at stake, as well as the jobs of everyone in this building, but go off and do your own thing. I won't follow up except to ask when you're going to be ready. Yeah, he doesn't like stop by to be like, what are you doing? Any ideas you've come up with? Let's spitball them. It's like, what are you doing all day, buddy? He's probably selling ads. At that point, Jenna realizes that Lucy is scheming. So they both decide independently to come up with their own brands themselves and present them to... Gay Caesar, the monkey. That's a Dawn of the Planet of the Apes ref. How many of these do you have left? I'm running out because he wasn't Claw. really Godzilla. He was just a consultant on Godzilla. So it's getting a little Wasn't he King rough. Kong? He was King Kong. Oh, he was King Kong. Gay yeah. King Kong. Claw it's from a lot MCU. Of what is this? It's an it's odd thing, right? Ulysses claws. Yeah, he was, he was in that one scene with Martin Freeman in Black Panther. That's right. Hobbit Redux. I call Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> So they do two different presentations. Judy Greer, actually, I did like this. She does a presentation entitled Fashion Suicide. And it literally has pictures of models in bathtubs with their wrists slit. It's oh, wow. I missed that. problematic beyond belief. Yeesh. I couldn't get enough of it. It was deranged. Completely a terrible idea. Judy's so proud of it. So it is one of the few times she does get to sort of chew up the scenery. It's absolutely insane. And then Jenna's idea, do you want to give, just in case people are listening to this uh, uh, raw, could you just give us a rundown of what Jenna's plan is? Because I've got a lot of questions. Yeah, she wants to see normies on the cover of Poise. So they do a photo shoot with like a 
prom, like a school dance, like what was a graduation? What else? I mean, there was it's like basically a, a yearbook. It's she a goes through a yearbook and she's yeah. like, oh, wait, Matt did the photos for this yearbook. Even though he's had 20 years of, you know, other things he's done, why don't I make him do this again? Yeah. And it's, that's it. Yeah. I, because it was so yearbook centric, it was hard to pick up on the fact that these were normies. Right. Mostly because it was still all models, but some sure. of them were like older models, but like the models you'd see in J. Crew rather than the models you'd see in like, what's a young people's brand? Anyone? Anyone? Aeropostale? That can't be right. <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> 2004, still going strong, wasn't Forever it? Forever 21, are we still doing that? Yeah, so it didn't feel like that normy. It felt like what beautiful people think normal people are, which are mm-hmm. just slightly older, beautiful people. And I'm like, right. you still, d- I'd like to take you to Ohio real quick and show you what everything's looking like. But not that part. That We're part. all models west of the Alleghenies, to quote 30 Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Cruel. We'd all like to flee to the cleave. <laughs> Now we're just quoting 30 Rock. Good comedy material. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, she wins. She gets a slow clap. Another movie trope I love. She gets a slow clap after her presentation. But, oh my God, DJ, tragedy upon tragedies. (gasps) What? She gets scooped by Sparkle again because Judy Greer stabs her in the back. Not only they just take the the pictures. Well, so Maddie signs a general release upon request of... Lucy. So because he's told that Jennifer Garner's gonna gonna leave him or something. I can't remember what the scheme was. Stupid scheme. I can't remember what it is. Basically Lucy lies to him and says something. And then it's like, Oh yeah, before you leave, I need you to sign a general release. And he's like, Fine, I'm so depressed. It's Even fine. though he hates her and I don't know why he would ever trust anything she says because their relationship has been like, he has been so colored by their high school experiences that he absolutely loathes Lucy, but apparently believes everything she says and signs a general release for his photos. Makes perfect yeah, sense. He's got his money. It's fine. I had one other thing. What was it? Did you want to talk it? about Jennifer Garner getting to bed with her parents as an adult? Did you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, did so you, she, did that sit well with you? Wasn't weird at upset, all? She's upset, and then so she goes to her parents who haven't like seen her in a long time, and then she can't sleep, and so she crawls into bed with her mom, and she's 30, and that's, you know... Just three adult bodies in a bed. It's fine. It's a normal... You don't do that when you go visit your parents? <laughs> no. Mostly because I would debate killing my father because he snores so poorly. Ah. One time I was in a hotel. We were on vacation going to Washington, D.C. And I literally started thinking, because it was the dead of the night, like 3.30. I was like, (laughs) if I kill him, how many hours of sleep will I get before I'm arrested? (laughs) It's absolutely terrible, his snoring. Probably needs treatment, man. Probably needs help. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He absolutely needs treatment. (laughs) I don't remember a lot of, I didn't write down a ton of quotes, but I've got a couple. Lay it on me. I want a fluffy pillow. (laughs) She says that. (laughs) I like that. And then also, do you want to see my ID? I totally have it. (laughs) That is a good, good old person joke. There was a good scene where in a bar where she and Lucy go out to get drinks and It shows maybe that I wasn't giving the movie credit enough because there is a scene where Lucy says, oh my God, that guy is totally staring at you to Jenna's character. And we see this like, you know, older guy, not very attractive, eyeballing Jenna. 
And so she's like, oh my God, I'm going to go talk to him. And then she walks past that guy to a 13-year-old boy who's like sitting in a booth. And she's like, can I borrow your ketchup? And she's like, actually, I didn't really want to borrow your ketchup. I came over here to tell you that I think you're really cute. And it's very good. And again, Jennifer Garner selling like 13-year-old girl posture. Yeah. And the boy asks Jennifer her number. And then, you know, Lucy comes and goes, okay, before we get arrested, let's, why don't you come over here? And she's like, I was talking about this guy. And Jenna goes, with him? Gross. Which <laughs> made me laugh really hard. But I thought the movie, I, me and Tyler completely bought into the premise of the joke where I was like, that guy's ugly. Come on. This come on, movie. <laughs> yeah, he's not really a looker anyway. So No, he's a terrible looking man. Yeah, I don't have many. Razzle Red, that's not a funny line. It was just weird. What if the fuck are Razzles? Have you never? I was going to ask you about Razzles. Do you don't remember Razzles? I don't remember. Are they not made anymore? I think they are because I just, so actually we were just on vacation and I saw some and there was like this candy store where they just have everything and there were Razzles and I remember eating those with my cousins sometimes. And so I was like, I didn't get any, but I like took a picture and was like, hey guys, remember Razzles? And they were both like, no. (laughs) What are those? They turn into gum, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Tyler said they were a step above Smarties, which was not said with any yeah. joy in yeah. his face. Yeah, they're like a chalky, like vaguely fruit flavored. And I think, uh-huh. I could be wrong about this, but I think they turn into gum. Ugh. I'm not sure about that. Hold on. And now, it turns now your now tongue I research. Do razzles. Oh, I do have another quote. Someone at one point, oh, I think it's her boyfriend says, who's your daddy? And she says, Wayne Rink. <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> yes, they turn into gum, by the way. Ugh. I don't like that. That's my least favorite thing about blow pops is that it's I'm enjoying gum. this lollipop and then suddenly I have gum with shards of candy stuck in it. Ah, <laughs> see, I like that part. I would take normal gum if they just stuck sharp pieces shards of, candy of candy in it. In it. It's like a rising of Die Hard every time. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot the glass. You want to go to the verdict? Now, I wanted to get one more thing in, as oh, usual. Boy. Here we go. One thing, I kind of wish she didn't have to go back in time. I kind of wanted her to continue on in this time frame. Yeah, just like rectify her. And just destroy her. a marriage. <laughs> in a word, chaos. But the other thing is, I, I kept thinking about, I mean, I think that you and I are both on the same page that Judy Greer is not served well. Yeah. In fact, I kept quoting Arrested Development in this movie just to like give myself something to latch onto with Judy Greer. Say goodbye to these. <laughs> <laughs> Their initial friendship, as I said, makes no sense. And I feel like if this movie was made today, they would, I feel like Mark Ruffalo could be almost completely excised from this movie and I'd be fine with it. And I'd rather focus on their, yeah, I'd rather focus on these. I feel like if it was made today, they would focus on these girls because I feel like it falls into that old trap of like, well, we have two girls in the movie, so naturally they're arch nemeses. Right. And we have to pit them against each other. And one's a bitch. So we have to get her, which I thought was really weird. And I feel like they could have plus, I mean, their relationship makes absolutely no sense based on what the movie shows us. So I don't know. I feel like that that both characters could have been served better by a more girl pro woman, you know, movie. Yeah. When she first zaps forward in time like it was when lucy picks her up it's kind of like oh nice they're friends but Mm -hmm. then you find out they're friends because she became a mean girl 
you know, right. and then just kind of bought into the whole thing. And I was like, oh, well, at least they're still friends. <laughs> I did like, like that. Oh, and no, I feel bad. like it's not that the movie doesn't explore that she is mean in her actual life. Her secretary particularly seems terrified of her. Yeah. But everyone just seems to buy into now that she's this like, you know, they don't person notice who the looks at the world different. with childlike wonderment that it felt a little weird. They didn't go like, did you have a brain injury like what's right. why are you behaving so differently it felt weird to not like sort of explore it christmas carol style to, like why is this person suddenly acting right. you know so different and kind it's referenced a lot but i feel like there's no like catharsis with why is she acting so, so different and why is she so mean now that's in the snyder cut get away oh that. yeah the four hour long 13 going yeah. on 30 kill yeah. me all right let's go to the verdict all right Damon, what is your verdict on 13 Coin on 30? Hi, thank you. This is a tough one. I'm on the fence. I think I'm going to fall down with your inner child is an idiot. Uh... It's not a terrible movie. It just feels like, I don't know. There are other movies like Big and even like this gave me a lot of Kimmy Schmidt vibes that I feel like do this premise a little bit better and it felt like for they got such a pre-scooped they got pre-scooped or or post-scooped in the case of big it feels a little like you can sort of feel like it was probably got the sticky fingers of a man don't say sticky fingers of a man (laughs) where i mean the women are pitted against each other and it feels i don't know it just feels like kind of lazy in a lot of ways this presentation seems stupid it falls into a lot of rom-com tropes that i feel like the movie is too lazy to like sort of piece together and so i'm just supposed to use my knowledge of like shitty rom-coms i've seen before and just get it you know what we're doing yeah Yeah, his girlfriend's not explicitly a bitch but like come on she's brunette Yeah, and I feel like, again, like, Judy Greer is not served well by this movie, and I feel like, you know, their storyline just seems kind of hastily done and kind of stupid. It takes itself very seriously for its silly premise, and its jokes don't ever really seem to land for me. Jennifer Garner is fantastic, I think, in it. I think she really nails that vibe of, you know, being a 13-year-old girl, and there is humor in watching, you know, this 30-year-old woman, you know, act like a 13-year-old girl. But I feel like they could have leaned into a lot of their different ideas that seem to, as we said, like there's a, there seems to be a lot of threads that go nowhere. So I get the feeling like there was a lot on the cutting room floor and it feels that way. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think if you liked it, you're a terrible person, but I do think less of you. I mean, your inner child is an idiot. All right. Well, once again, you've betrayed us all with your stupid wrong. <laughs> No, this is one of those where we're like, we're just barely on the other side of the line. Your inner child is not an idiot, in my opinion, but barely. It's not something I want to like watch again. I thought I liked it fine. I do agree. Jennifer Garner like is great, especially like since the like the same time as Alias was around and like seeing her be very serious and Alias and then like flip to this where she's being charming and pretty funny and capturing that awkward teen energy. Yeah. In general, I think the acting is fine. Like, just in general. But, yeah, it's a cry and shame what, generally speaking, 
in her entire career has been <laughs> voiced upon Judy Greer, but also especially in this movie. Just as like, don't forget again, G- Jennifer Garner hasn't you know had a great career since you know yeah she she's now been stuck she's in the mom, mom roles in weird Christian movies now. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think I mean like I think Jennifer Garner is great. I think Judy Greer is like gifted comedian, and she doesn't really get to. You know, I'm sure she's fine, but like, it's a shame because, you know, it would be like she should, she could have a starring role in a sitcom and be amazing at it, but we'll always have what, you know, Arrested Development and Archer, I guess. The first three seasons of Arrested the Development. The first three seasons of Arrested Development. <laughs> I just don't think it's egregious enough to say you're in a child's idiot. And I think if you loved it, like Lauren does, by the way, this is a good movie for her. And she's what part did of the you think rewatching it, not to force you to speak for I mean, a woman. she's seen it recently enough that it was not, a, nothing surprised her. She's like, I see. Yeah, that's great. I don't think she would be like, this is the best movie ever. I think she would acknowledge it's, you know, it's a silly movie, but your inner child's not an idiot. What do you think, everybody? Email us, your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or text us at 615-576-0525. Woo. You can find us on Instagram, your Instagram. What is it? Is it your, what is our Instagram? Your inner child's an idiot, right? Inner child. You'll yeah. find us. Yeah, you're right. We're on Instagram. <laughs> Your inner child is an idiot. We want to thank our patrons for supporting us, including Lindsay Alice Halleck, Larissa Maestro, Karen Curd, Heather Tuggle, Travis Vance, Damon's Australian accent, Too Authentic. Sorry, mate. Jonathan Day. Oh, no. Captain Jean Luc Picard. <laughs> Lindsay Nell. The Hands of Fate. Tim McIntyre. Jackson has an unhealthy obsession with Damon. Don't Hi, we all? Mm, I know I do. The elusive fan <laughs> Gromkin. You really do. Uh, shit on the cartouche. <laughs> the supreme ruler of this podcast. Josh Frigo. Dramatically placed hot dog. His honor, the mayor. Beth Sermont. David Mort. Just cause. Scalphosaurus. Yes, Dr. Malcolm's heaving bosom. Particle Man. T. Smith. The Zesty. And Jeremy Powlin. Thank you, everyone. Thank you all very much. If you want to support like them, patreon.com slash your inner an idiot. And I wish that I had Jesse's girl. And that's as much <clears throat> as we can sing. Thank you, credits. Oh, yeah, sorry. Where uh, could oh. I find a man? like that Damon, that's what, uh, that uh, is Andy the police Ferguson at your say. door you're about to be arrested for oh, me no. singing <laughs> too much of Jesse's girl by Rick Springsteen uh, by Rick Springsteen I don't even knows anymore what happened in my own childhoods